comes to venturing into the wild, like we've been talking about the last few weeks, there are two kinds of people. They're the people who hear into the wild and they get excited, right? They hear into the wild and they get excited. They dream of adventure, of, of charting undiscovered territory. They would love to swim with the sharks, uh, explore a, a cave, or go to a place where the phones just don't simply work, right? right? And then there's other people, right? And maybe you can relate to one of these groups, right? There's, there's this entirely different group of people, and let's just call them people like my wife, all right? <laughs> Indoor people, right? You, you hear into the wild and you think, no way. Right? No way. You probably consider the, the type of people that I mentioned earlier as crazy or as lunatics, right? You're not interested in being in the wild because, let's just face it, it's wild, right? You're not interested because it's untamed, it's unsafe, it's, it's a little unpredictable. And so your idea of being out in nature is, is lounging by a swimming pool under an umbrella, with someone coming around every few moments, offering you a cool drink, maybe a, a cool washcloth, right? Anybody in that category? <laughs> into the most most people. What about into the wild? Anybody in that category? Into the wild? All right. If you're watching online, throw a comment up which one you are. Right. But here's the thing. The truth is, both groups, both sets of people, are right. Right. The wild is a beautiful place. The the landscapes the the, the vistas and the nature that you encounter, it can be breathtaking. But as beautiful as the wild is, it can also be a pretty dangerous place. It just can, right? The, the food chain is a real thing. And here's, here's what the problem is, is that we're not always on the top of the food chain, right? Everyone is someone else's lunch. And if you are a human, venturing out into a territory with wild animals, you might find yourself farther toward the end of that food chain, the wrong end of that food chain, than you would like. Alright, take a, take a look at this video clip here that just explains this point. Alright, simple birds, right? Or lizards? Oh, no. Everything's good. Everything's good. Starting to get not good. Not good. Go back. Help! Help me! It's on my finger. Oh, that's cute. Okay. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> Those are just birds, right? Freaking her out. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. You just gotta go. You gotta run, bud. Look at the size of that. That's some lamb chops for Easter right there. All right? Lamb chops for Easter. Are you going to put it up on my bed? Come on, honey. It's all good. Oh, Annabelle. <laughs> See, listen, right? When it comes to nature, even with cute little birds or a sheep, a lamb, it's sometimes hard to decide. Right? There's a series of questions, right? We have to decide, is it good or bad, right? <laughs> uh, should I go or should I stay right? inside or should I go out into the wild? Should I get closer to it? Should I dig into it? Or should I just keep a, 
a safe distance. Those are the questions that we have to ask. And, and here's the thing. Strangely enough, we ask the same sort of questions when it comes to God. I mean, I mean, not that we're at the top of the food chain or the bottom of the food chain when it comes to God. But should I get closer to him or should I just keep my distance? Right? We ask those questions because is there anything wilder and more unknown than an all-powerful God that we want to forge our life on? Right? I mean, we've, we've heard and we understand that God is loving and that he is kind. But I mean, right, he still is God. Right? He is still beyond comprehension. He still seems a little unpredictable at times. He's still a, a mystery, and he's entirely other. Right? And look at it like this. Have you uh, read some of the stories in the Bible? Right? There, there's a lot of smiting and destruction <laughs> going on in the Old Testament. And then we can't even get started on the book of Revelation. Right? That's just some crazy <laughs> stuff. And beyond all of that, there is no greater or even scarier adventure than following after a wild cow, right? Forging our life on him. It's just like what we've been talking about. It is a wild adventure. And even though we recognize that God is loving and that he's kind, it just doesn't always feel that way when we look at our lives. Right? Things go wrong and we feel like we're the ones that are being devoured. We feel like we've fallen to the bottom of the food chain. We experience the death of a loved one. We, we lose a job. Our, our child turns their back on us. And we wonder this right here. Right? Is God for me or against me? Is he bad or is he good? Right? We just wonder that. And, and when it's hard to define God, when it's hard to answer those questions... It's even harder to trust him, right? And now let me shrink this tension down that we're dealing with a little bit here. Now, you probably know some unpredictable people, right? And what I mean is, is their behavior and their choices make them just simply unpredictable. In fact, you're never quite sure which version of them that you're going to get. Right? Maybe they, they use warm words with their body or they say warm things, but with their body language, they're just cold, right? They, what they say and what they do, they just don't line up together. All of this makes it challenging to have a close relationship with them because you never know who you're going to get. So in short, you're missing a key ingredient of any relationship. You're missing this, right? You're missing trust. You're missing trust, the key ingredient to any relationship. Right? Your, your relationship with them feels completely unstable. Because if you do not have trust in a relationship, you do not have much of a relationship. And we, and we definitely can feel the same way about God. And, and giving our life to him, forging our life on him. Right? He loves us, yes, we know that. And we also know that this world is unpredictable. Right? Like the old saying, the only thing that is predictable in life is unpredictability. Right? <laughs> uh, amen on that, right? right? We knew that when we signed up for this faith thing, we, we knew all of that. But it, it sometimes seems that God is just unpredictable as the world around us. That it, it just throws us for a loop. 
Right? He, he seems, God seems to move in unpredictable ways, if he moves at all, and we are not sure what he's going to do next. And, 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 we, and we wonder if he, if he loves us so much, right? if, he's, if he cares for us so much, why are we having such difficulty with our job, with our, our family, with our finances, with school, with the coronavirus, with whatever, with this decision, with that decision, with this thing, with that thing, just forging our life on him even. We wonder why are we having such difficulty with all these things if he loves us so much. And so we do this. Right? We do this. We, we look at our circumstances. We look at what's around us. And we think, maybe I'm wrong about God. Maybe I can't trust him. Maybe I just can't trust him. We read that God loves us, but sometimes it seems that his actions or his lack of actions contradict what he says. Right? What it says about him in scripture, about who he is. Right? So, so what happens when God seems unpredictable and confusing? What happens? Let me first say this. If you ever felt this way, if you ever thought these questions, you're in good company, right? I felt this way. Chris, Christina's felt this way. Uh, heck, I'm 100% guaranteeing that the person next to you, whether you're here in person or you're watching from your couch, has felt this way at one point or another, right? And the guy that we've been talking about the last few weeks, Abraham, has felt this way, right? What is going on? Right? Abraham lived during a moment in history when people were trying to answer some of these questions that we're asking even right now, that we're asking about God and, and our relationship with him. Abraham lived during a time when they were doing the same exact thing. Right? During uh, this period, people primarily had a transactional view of God. Right? They had a transactional view of God or with God or the gods that they worshipped. Right? To put it another way, if they behaved well during the time of Abraham, the gods were happy. Right? If they were bad, if people were bad, they had to sacrifice animals to make their relationship right again. Right? It was all about keeping the gods happy right? out of fear of what they might do if they weren't happy. And you can imagine people made a lot of sacrifices. They sacrificed their animals. They sacrificed their livestock. And sometimes during that time period, their kids, right? Kids, are you listening? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. And if a sacrifice did not improve their lives, they would make more sacrifices. This is what they believed. It was a transaction, right? Look at it like this, right? They believed that their, uh, the better their sacrifices, the better the gods would make their lives. Right? It's hard for us to think about that today. Right? But in Abraham's culture, it was common practice. Right? Since God had first called Abraham, he had, this man, had continued to follow and trust God for the most part. Right, as we learned last week, there were a few hiccups along the way. But for the most part, he had followed God boldly into the wild. Right, forged his life on God. And then, though, God made an unpredictable move. A surprising move. An unpredictable move 
when they were out in the wild. And this is where we pick up with Abraham's story. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 22, verses 1 through 2. All right, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. All right, you can grab the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. All right, they're easier to grab from the seats that are in the front. You grab one of those, you can take it with you. You can give it away, you can use it, you can share it. They're for you. If you're watching online or if you're here, you can also download the free Foundry Burke app and just click that Bible tab. It'll only take you a few seconds, and the scripture is right there pulled up for you. Genesis 22 is where we're at, verses 1 through 2. All right, follow along with me. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham called God. Yes, he replied, here I am. And God says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love very much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. All right, go ahead and just keep it open right there. All right, we're going to return to it. Now, can you imagine being Abraham in this, in this moment, right? You have been waiting for years, years and years for a kid, right? A kid that was promised to you. Uh, and that promise also included a generational legacy, a nation that would spring forth from this kid, right? And now the same God who made that promise, who made that covenant, is asking you to sacrifice this child back to him. <laughs> this is crazy. Right? I mean, keep in mind, right? Abraham lived in a culture that is far different than our own. He was familiar with child sacrifice. It was a normal practice in his culture, in the cultures that were around him. So in that moment, surely, right, Abraham had some reservations about the, the character and the love and the trustworthiness of the God he was serving at that point. Right? There is there's no doubt in, in the mind of Abraham, right, that he was asking these questions, right? Right? Can, can God really be trusted? Right? This is crazy, right? Does he really care and have my best interest at heart because I've waited so long for this kid and now he's asking me to, to kill him? Like, this is going to ruin my family. My wife's going to hate me. Right? Does God have the best interest for me? Right? He's asking, will God really come through and deliver on his promises? Right? Is there really going to be a nation? Right? Is there going to be descendants as as many as the star, is this going to happen? Is he really loving and good? Because this just seems bad and awful, right? He's asking these questions, surely, right? Now listen, before we go on and keep judging Abraham, these are fair questions, right? I mean, they're fair questions. I always tease Christina because she is definitely, she's definitely what you would call a ride or die type girl. Right? She's, she's ride or die all the way. No matter what, she's with me, right? But she likes to know where we're riding to and what the temperature is going to be and do we really have to die. Right? Right? And this is how I picture I would be if I was with Abraham, if I was Abraham right? I would be like, you know, all right, God asked me to sacrifice my son and, and there's this promise, there's this covenant there's supposed to be this legacy. I can, I can see myself looking up at God and saying, okay, God, I see you. I see you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I am with you all the way, ride or die, but just, 
Just real quick before we move on, here's some questions, right? Some things come to mind, God. The first one that jumps out is, why? Right? Why, God? Are you really sure that you have the right Abraham and Isaac, right? Is there maybe another Abraham and Isaac that this is supposed to be for? Right? That's how I would have acted in this situation. And here is what is so, so cool, right? Abraham didn't react. He responded. There's a difference, right? He responded amazingly. Look at, look at it like this, right? Despite this seemingly strange and horrible request, Abraham continued to follow on what God asked him to do. He followed through on what God asked him to do. He responded to a life that was forged on God. Let's take a look at this because this is just nuts. All right, Genesis 22, same chapter, verses 3 through 5 is where we're going to start. So it says, the next morning, Abraham, he got up early. Now, you don't want to wait around for something like this, right? You just got to get at it. <laughs> Eat that frog first, right? Abraham got up early. He sat on his donkey, and he took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped the wood for the fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little bit farther. We will worship there, and then we'll come right back. Jump down to verse 9. Right? So when they arrived, Abraham and Isaac arrived at the place where God had told him to go. Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on top. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up a knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, he said. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son. Yes, yes, your only son. Right? <laughs> Guys, look. Look at what we see from this story. This is, this is amazing, right? Look at what we see. In this moment, right? in this moment, this is so cool, right? God was beginning to show how he was different from any other God. Right? In this moment, God was showing how much different he was from any other God. Right? That he is the Lord God. That he is the, the big G God, not the, the little G God. And what is cool is, is God was not mean. He was not, not petty about this. He wasn't, he wasn't demanding about this. He was a God who was kind and who was loving. Listen, God was introducing himself to the world in a way that no one could have imagined at the time. Right? God began showing his love through the life of, of Abraham. Right? God began showing his love through this life of this man, the building of Abraham's nation, this legacy, the saving of his son's sacrifice, and all of this. Right? All of this, this story of Abraham is a precursor. Right? It's, it's, the, it's the, the beginning, right? God ultimately showed his love for the final time, the ultimate time, through sending Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins and saving the world. 
Right? That is what Holy Week is. That's what this Palm Sunday begins. Right? That's what we're entering into. That's what it's all about. And so here's the thing, Foundry Church. Right? The world has always struggled to understand just what God is like because he is a wild God and he's not like us. Because look, right? Right? In this story, God surprised the world and demonstrated his goodness. He showed the world that he is loving and he's unlike any other God. Amen. That he is the Lord of the King of Kings. Right? God always knew that the outcome of his story was stretching all the way to Jesus. Right? He knew that, <laughs> that the story of Abraham was just a precursor to Jesus. He just wanted Abraham to see his goodness firsthand. Right? And now look again, right? right? Lean in here and grab a hold of this truth. Right? Instead of walking away, right? instead of giving up, Abraham let God shape the way that he saw him. Right? Abraham let God shape the way that he saw him. So, so this is what we got. Right? God tested Abraham's faith. And what is remarkable about Abraham is that in spite of being unsure of God and the circumstances, he still trusted and followed. He still trusted and followed. That, is, that kind of faith is incredible. Mm -hmm. That kind of faith is what we are striving for. It's a great example for us about what it means to forge a lifelong reliance on God. And as if this story could not get any cooler, it does. Right? God surprised Abraham. Right? It was almost as if God was saying, hey man, hey dude, I know, I know you are trusting me. Right? I know that you're trusting me, but I want you to know that I am better than you have ever imagined. And after God allowed Abraham to spare his son, Think about it, right? How much more do you think Abraham trusted God? Right? How, how incredible was it for Abraham to see that God really was different from every other God the people around him would have ever worshipped? Now here's the thing, right? Today, today we of course, right? we of course, we know how the story ends, Right? We know that uh, Abraham, you know, Isaac was saved. There was a ram. They took the ram. They sacrificed the ram. And they, you know, there was this legacy of the nation, right? But at the time, Abraham, he didn't know this. Right? Just, just, just common sense, right? He didn't know this. He had to trust God. He had to trust God even when it didn't make sense, even when it was difficult. He had to trust God when it seemed like God wasn't good. Right? He had to let God shape the way that he saw him. Because right? if he shaped the way that he saw him, God would be not good. So listen, Valerie, the whole, the whole point of today, right? the whole point, right? to truly to go into the wild, right? to go into the wild, to have this adventure, to forge our life on God, you and I have to do the same. We have to let God shape the way that we see him. And we have to let God shape the way that we see him. Now, some of you, you may be in the middle of some tough circumstances. All right? You're in the middle of some tough circumstances. In fact, I know 
that some of you are in the middle of some really rough stuff. Just some crap, right, in your life right now. Now, others of you, you're just on the other side of some of those tough circumstances. And you're tired. You're worn. You're exhausted. You don't know up from down. You don't know what way to go. Listen, we're, we're all going to be there. We will all eventually face tough circumstances that make us wonder what God is really like. Is he good? Is he bad? Can he be trusted? All right, circumstances like, like divorce, circumstances like fractured, broken, dysfunctional relationships, financial struggles, career tensions, loneliness, depression, uh, corona stuff, abuse, uh, just a ton and a ton of stuff that we could go on and on and on about. And it's not always the big stuff like that. Right? It's not always the big stuff that makes us wonder about the goodness of God or that if God can be trusted. Sometimes it's just a small seed of doubt, of distraction, of laziness, of something else that gets in our path. Right? So the questions are, right? so the, the thing that as, as, as people who are trying to forge our life on God, the, the thing that we need to step up to the table with, that we need to put some work on and wrestle with, is this, right? Is this, what do we do when the circumstances of our lives cause us to believe that God must be distant? Like, what do we do? And then the next thing that we have to wrestle with is this. What do we do when it's tempting to assume that he, God, right, he just doesn't care, he's angry, he's controlling or not as good as we thought he was. What do we do with this? Right? How do we wrestle with, with this? See, when, when those questions, those, those lies that come straight from Satan, right, arise in our lives, how do we push them down? Right? How do we snuff them out? Well, we must remember the story of Abraham. Right? We, we must remember the story of Abraham in relation to the story of Jesus, our king, right? And... Let God shape the way that we see him. We have to let God shape the way we see him. No matter how smart we think we are, no matter how tough we think we are, we have to humble ourselves. We have to let God shape the way we see him. See, eventually, God, we know, did fulfill his promise, right? <laughs> giving Abraham a nation of descendants. And one of those descendants was Jesus. All right? And as we become more familiar with the Old and the New Testaments, right, we learn that Jesus was more than just another descendant of Abraham. Right? God sent Jesus to be a visual representation of God's love. Right? And now look, right? Look. Jesus demonstrated that love, right? The, this representation of God's love in the flesh, right? right? Jesus demonstrated that love on the cross, right? It was the ultimate act of God not being distant. Not, not being distant, right? Not hiding, right? Not, not being distant and showing how good he really is. Jesus on the cross. Right, right, right at a moment, 
Right at a moment in history when God seemed more distant than ever before, when it seemed like he did not care about what his people were experiencing, what they were going through, what was happening in their lives, when people were questioning whether God could be trusted, it was in that very moment God showed up to empathetically state his love for all people. He put on skin. Set his deity aside and put on skin and stepped into a messed up, infected world. Right? He leaned into the trouble, into the chaos, into the problems. He leaned into it. He stepped into it with skin on to show his love. Seeking to save those of us who are lost. Look, the cross is the final and the ultimate demonstration of God's great love for the world and for you personally. For you personally. Now, maybe you never thought, right? maybe you never thought of Jesus' death on the cross next Sunday, Easter Sunday, right? Or Friday. Friday, what he did on Friday, going to the cross and dying, as a personal message to you, but that's exactly what it is. Right? Jesus' death and then his resurrection was the final answer to the big question, can I trust God? Heck yes, you can. Absolutely, yes, 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 you can. So whenever your circumstances do not line up with your expectations... Even when life makes it look like God is anything but good, that you can not trust him, that it's not just worth it, right? You can look to Jesus and let him shape the way that you see God the Father, right? Jesus clears up any confusion that we might have about the goodness of God. Take a moment right now. Right, take a moment and think about what it would look like for you to completely and to totally trust God. What would it look like for you to follow God out into the wild? Into the, the trenches, into the mud, into the mess. What would it look like for you to forge a lifelong reliance on God continually? Right, how would it, it feel to trust him with your entire life? How would it change your perspective to know that God loves you unconditionally? Like we talked about last week, you don't give up because you messed up. God loves you unconditionally. Listen, I guarantee, I guarantee, I promise that if you do this, if you practice these things, if you seek to trust God in all circumstances, if you forge your life on him in all areas of your life, if you choose this view, you will discover the life that you ultimately want to live, your best life. Now, will there be fear? Possibly, right? Will there be times where you don't have all the answers? Definitely, right? But can God be trusted no matter what? Absolutely. Right? And if, if you follow where he leads, you will find yourself living a life that is wild in the very best way possible. Now, 
That's what's amazing. Our best life, a life that is forged on God. I want us to think about that. Really think about that. What what would it do to our lives? We don't let the circumstances, we don't let the stuff around us impact. We don't let what's not good in us dictate how we see God, but we let him define how we see him. Think about that as we stand, as we continue to worship this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask um, uh, Lucas and Mateo if uh, you guys want to help out. <laughs> Lucas, come on. Come on. Yeah. All right. We've been doing one of these every week because I made the kids sit through a marriage series. All right? <laughs> and now we're doing some science experiments. <laughs> Listen, all right? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this one. All right, you hang on to that. Right. These two guys worked really hard this week. They packed yeah. all kinds of boxes. They're handing them out. A lot of our kids were. It's awesome. All right, you hang on to those. You hang on to those. Look, this water is fluid, right? right? I'm not really good at science. you got to give me a little. Yeah. You said okay. It's fluid, right? Liquid. All right, water. All right, I'm not good at science, but I know that, like, when we let the world define who God is, when we let just our feelings sometimes define who God is, man, it's like it's fluid, right? It's not real, no structure, right? No structure, <laughs> right? It's just, just there. Right? And so, so if this is our life, Mateo, your, your paper towel, right? if that is our, our life, right, and we stick it in that fluid, stick it in that fluid, no, 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 no. You stick it in there, stuff it in there, make a mess. Okay. <laughs> right? If we stick it in there, right? Yeah, put it in there. Good. Yeah. Don't want to get wet, okay. All right. If we stick it in there, that's what we become, right? I mean, that's what we look like. That's how we, we live life, like a, a, a wet rag, right? No good, man. Just wet. Is that wet? Tell them if it's wet. Yeah. 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 It's wet, right? That's what we become. But if we let God define who we are, and God's, he, he's more like, like a glass, right? I know this one's classic. Pretend it's glass. I left home without it, all right? And he's like, like this glass. It's solid. Structure. If we let him define right, who he is, right? And if we if we forge our life on that, if we put that in this, right? Stuff it in there. Right? We're not wet. Right? We're not, you know, a limp <laughs> wet rag at the bottom of a bowl. Right? We're in here. We're protected. We let him define who we are. We can, we can put ourselves in this world. We can do his, his word and his, his situations, right? We can go into this world, oh. right? <laughs> Science didn't work today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's more of a paper All right. I blame Kirsten. She this. Right, we go in there, we put our lives in there, we build our life in there, we go into the water, right, and we can come on dry. Right? 
We can be in this world. We can be dry. Work it out.